Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. The reason we can confess anything we've done without any fear is precisely because of, well, what we're going to see in the scripture being read in a few minutes here. God's grace is absolutely stubborn in continually inviting us, if only we will respond. And there are those who don't, but the ones who do can be very surprising. Please join me in prayer as we prepare our hearts to hear God's word to us this morning from the Gospel of Matthew. Our Lord God, you sent your son Jesus to be with us in all the hustle and bustle of everyday life. Please, Lord, disarm our hearts. Give us the grace to lay down our weapons and stop fighting against you. We would simply receive you and enter your kingdom where things are set right in us and in the world. We pray that Jesus, that you by your spirit would include us in the community, the family that you are creating in this world, that we would know you truly and you, Father, to be included in your life together, O God. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 21, verses 23 through 32. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? They asked. And who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered, but later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. 
Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of the righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. All four Gospels make very clear that the entering of Jerusalem, Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, palms, branches, other leafy things, clothing, strewn on the road to prepare the way for Jesus to enter the city. All that happens on Sunday. The Gospel of Mark makes crystal clear that Jesus returned on Monday morning and cleared the temple. Children sang his praises. The religious leaders were none too pleased with this. And then he went off to Bethany for the night. Which gets us to Tuesday morning. Now Tuesday, we're prone to sort of overlook, not because there's a lack of material, but because there's so much material. Jesus spends Tuesday mostly in the temple and then later outside talking with his disciples, explaining, poking, prodding, proclaiming. And the religious leaders are none too pleased with any of it. So let's imagine the scene as Jesus is there in the temple and the religious leaders come up to challenge him. Why are you doing these things? And by these things, what they mean is the clearing of the temple that's happened the day before. I mean, there's like pigeon feathers and tufts of lamb's wool and probably a few spare coins laying around all over the temple. Maybe they've worked overnight to clean everything up really well and everything looks as if nothing had happened except of course that the court of the Gentiles is empty of all the normal business that normally happens there. But in any event, the religious leaders come up to Jesus in the temple, in this space that is dedicated for worship to God that yesterday was a mess because of, well, Jesus. And they ask him why he does these things. Now, Jesus is perfectly capable of giving them a direct answer, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He gives them a bit of a, to use a big word, a circumlocution. <laughs> he gives them a question rather than an answer. So when John showed up, what was his ministry about? What was John up to? John the Baptist, John the guy who was, uh, by the way, the cousin of Jesus, John who people all acknowledge was a prophet of God, John who was calling people to repentance, John who criticized the religious leaders, John who criticized Herod, by the way, which is what ultimately got him killed, John who told soldiers to be content with their pay and not intimidate people, don't act corruptly, enforce the law honorably. John who called tax collectors to their collaborators, the deep state, to give the wealth that they had unjustly collected away. And he called the common people, that would be me and you, I'm guessing for the most part, the common people, hey, if you have two t-shirts in your closet and somebody else needs one, then uh, you know, you've got two, give one away. And if you've got, you know, 
a couple of coats in your closet. You've got a couple of jackets. Uh, somebody else needs one. You've got two. You should, you should give one away. And the call of John was to be baptized, which is why John was called the Baptist. The call of John was to be baptized, which was a ritual at that point of entry into the Jewish faith by those who had not been part of the Jewish faith, or in certain parts of Judaism of the time, the Essenes and perhaps others. It was a ritual cleansing to acknowledge that, yes, God, I have sinned. I need to come back through the waters of Jordan. I need to come back through the waters of the Red Sea to leave Egypt and to enter the promised land to once again be part of God's people. John was calling people to re-enter the covenant community through acknowledging their sin, and he was none too gentle about the sin, to acknowledge the sin and receive God's kindness. Now this ministry was none too pleasant for the religious leaders. And Jesus is poking at them once again. The religious leaders are challenging Jesus on his authority and he brings them back to John. So, where do you think John's ministry came from? Was John's ministry from heaven or was it from earth? And of course, they refused to answer Jesus. And so Jesus refuses to answer them. But Jesus doesn't leave them without an answer at all. He just tells a story. In Mark, especially, and in Matthew, when Jesus begins to tell stories rather than answer directly, often the person hearing the story is not necessarily in the greatest place spiritually, and all of the people listening in are invited to consider, well, they're invited to consider, they're invited to think about, they're invited to ponder this for a while and not settle for an easy answer. So Jesus tells a story about two sons, and the father goes and asks the first son to, to go work in the fields, and the son says, no, it's super rude, but, but eventually goes. And the next son, though, is very polite, says, oh, sir, yes, of course, yes, right away. And, you know, honorable father, right? You can imagine all the platitudes, but doesn't go. And then he asked the folks listening, particularly these religious leaders, well, so which, which son ultimately obeyed and honored the father, right? In a traditional culture, this is what it's about, honoring the father, which one, which one honored? The one who talked nice but didn't go, or the one who was rude but ultimately did what the father asked? And they're forced to answer in the obvious way. Well, you know, the first one, the one that actually did what the father wanted, was actually the one who honored the parent. And Jesus gives the answer they don't want at this point. I tell you the truth tax collectors and sex workers will get into the kingdom of God before you theologians and pastors do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him. Well, tax collectors and sex workers did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and to repent of your sins. Now, on the one hand, Jesus is being super harsh. I mean, he's being tremendously offensive to these 
seminary professors and you know, denominational presidents and pastors and religious scholars. Tax collectors, these deep state collaborators with the Roman Empire, sex workers entering the kingdom of God before them, how offensive. And yet the point he's making is this, God's grace is stubborn. Do you hear that even now these religious leaders that he is critiquing so harshly and publicly, he's even now giving them an invitation to repent. They're going to have to swallow their pride and fall behind, uh, behind in line, uh, behind some people that they despise. But even now they're being invited in. And these, these other groups that in the society around were the lowest of the low in terms of thinking about who's close to God, tax collectors, selfish, greedy, malevolent, tax collectors, and sex workers, most of them women in, in that day and age, despised, condemned. And now most of them forced into it because they had no other source of income in a patriarchal society, but condemned. But those people responded to John, along with many others. Those people responded to John. Those people responded to Jesus and are welcomed into the kingdom of God. So the question for us is, where are we? Now, we might be some of the people on the outside listening to this exchange. We might be, I'm one, a religious leader, who's being called to swallow pride and listen to Jesus and follow maybe some very unexpected people into the kingdom. Or maybe we're folks that others have despised and rejected, and the invitation to us is to recognize that Jesus is one, God himself, who was willing to become despised and rejected and put to public shame in our place. There's nothing that can keep us away from receiving the invitation of God, except a willingness to say yes. And that's where we're at this morning. That's where we're at as we're gathering here online. Will we hear the invitation of Jesus to simply walk in, let go of what we think will hold us back because other people have told us so. Certainly repent of anything we've been doing wrong, but let go of any reason other people, not Jesus, other people have told us that we can't come in. <laughs> and to let go of our pride and our thinking that we have it all together and follow wherever we happen to be in line. Sometimes, as Jesus put it, the first or last and the last or first, but to join the family as we joyfully enter the kingdom that is here and growing right now. And just as we may have identified with different people who are listening to Jesus or named by Jesus in these stories, so too we right now are in different places, not just geographically joining together here online, but different places spiritually. 
If you're someone who's curious about Jesus, go after him. Get together with someone who knows him, and it can be over Zoom, that phone, or whatever, that's fine. Or just open up a Bible. Uh, I recommend the Gospel of Mark or Luke as a place to start. John is fine too. Matthew's a little tough if you don't already know uh, big chunks of the rest of the Bible. But just open it up. Ask Jesus. Jesus, I want to meet you in these words about you, in these biographies about you. Show yourself to me, and, and he'll do that. And you may be at a point where you, you know about him. He's come to you. And the invitation is to simply say yes and say, Lord Jesus, I, I give you my life. Make me part of your people. And in that moment, that's exactly what he'll do. He'll come in. He'll transform you. your life. He'll transform you. Wipe away the past that hangs over you and redeem every part of your past that has been just laying beneath the surface, waiting to be brought into full flower and beauty. And for all of us, wherever we're at, the invitation is day by day to renew that. Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. Today make me even more an integrated whole interwoven part of your people. Give me this life abundant you speak of today as I go about my life, giving the way that you give, being generous the way you're generous, and receiving your love, your affection for me. Friends, whatever God has for you today, step in, because his grace is enough. His grace is stubborn, and his invitation is constantly being offered to me and to you to step in, to step into his embrace and welcome. Amen.